Today's episode is brought to you by Jam It Up, the brand new tribute album featuring the world's top jam bands covering classic Skinnerd songs. The 234-minute, five-track album showcases popular jam bands, the Goo Goo Balls, Mr. Selective and the Electric Eclectic Collective, and the Patience Testers, stretching out and exploring your favorite Skinnerd songs. Listen on your favorite streaming service or order the CD or vinyl at jamthisskinner.com. All right, let's turn it up. Turn it up. From the Florida border up to Nashville, Tennessee, this is Skinnerd Reconsidered. The only podcast where I review every Leonard Skinner song. I'm your host, The Simple Man. And The Simple Man is back home in Tennessee. Actually just got back from the grocery store. I took my daughter, the simple older daughter, to the store with me. And we had a great time picking out our favorite food and beverage items. But when it's time to check out, well, first let me set the stage. My daughter and I often discuss music. She liked my music for a while, and now she really doesn't. She thinks I listen to old man music, and I argue that while I do like old music, I also like a lot of new music, but I think I lost that argument when I started a Leonard Skinner podcast. So anyway, we go to check out at the grocery, and the lady checking us out, she looks like she's about 100 years old, maybe. That's a guess. She was the oldest thing I've ever seen, and as I'm getting up there to pay, she looks at my shirt. I'm wearing a band t-shirt, like the band t-shirt, and as I go to check out, she looks at my shirt and she says, that's my favorite band of all time, which of course I think is really cool, and we start talking about Robbie and Levon, I made my day, but of course my 11-year-old is watching, listening, so I guess we've put that argument to bed, older, simple daughter one, simple man zero. We're digging into Nothing Fancy, Skinner's third album. It's important to note this album charted well, but ultimately it wasn't quite the success of the first two albums. You only have one big hit that you hear on the radio all the time, at least in my experience, and that's the first song, Saturday Night Special. When you look at all the classics on the first two Skinner albums, it's fair to say this one did not live up to the first two, at least as far as commercial success. Those first two albums, along with the last true album, Street Survivors are widely considered the best Skinner albums, certainly the most popular. And this album is kind of a turning point for the band in a lot of ways. I mentioned before it's the last album produced by Al Cooper, who is so important to the Skinner story. Skinner now did not get along very well during the making of this album. I don't know how well they ever got along, really. They always referred to Al as the Yankee Slicker. Probably never trusted him. They were hard on poor Al. But recording this album, Al was upset that the band wasn't as prepared as he thought they should be. The songs were written very quickly by Skinner, often a day or two before they were recorded. They were busy on the road these days, no longer in the Hell House. So they wrote and recorded Nothing Fancy in 28 days. Ed King said it wasn't enough time, and a lot of the songs are unfinished in his opinion. So as they were recording in January 1975, they were staying at a hotel in Atlanta, and Ed King said, quote, It was our first time as far as doing it all away from the cabin, the Hell House, and not trying the material out on stage. 
Very out of our element. I don't think any of us were happy about it. Ed goes on to say, Midway through the recording of that album, some of the band members were getting into the bad habit of bringing their friends around to hang out. Of course, I never have any friends, so I'm not a problem. Good one, Ed. I like Ed's sense of humor. And I should stop. Ed is a very good source of information. He's no longer with us, but a lot of this information comes from a Ed King forum, a message board, where he shared a lot of cool information. Ed says, Cooper got real annoyed, and I couldn't blame him. It was real brutal. Cooper probably did take off for a few days, but doing that record was the main reason he said he'd had enough. And the feeling was mutual. Skinner did not like the direction Al Cooper was providing during the recording of this session. In 1975, Alan Collins said, He tried to tell us what to do, but we wouldn't let him. He once brought up this idea to do a grand funk-like song. We said we didn't do that shit. There's good and bad parts to everybody. I'm not saying anything against him, but we ain't going to use him anymore. And then to make matters worse, when they got the mix from Al Cooper, they were not pleased. Back to Ed King, who says, quote, We were on the road, and Al Cooper sent us his mix. It wasn't what we wanted. Uh, why sugarcoat it? We thought it was dreadful. The band hated the mix and some of the extra instruments that had been added, roto-toms in particular. Roto-toms for Skinner. Come on. So everybody in the band took down some notes, gave them to me, and sent me out to California to help Cooper remix the entire album. I hated it, but I sat there every day for a week, like watching paint dry, end quote. So it doesn't sound like it was the most fun record to make, and maybe it didn't get the results that Skinner had hoped for, but I'm telling you guys, we're going to form our own opinion. I like it. So far, so good. We'll get into the third song in just a minute. But I need to give you an update on the producer. This is a, another sad story. Last time I told you how excited I was to bring in Olivia as the new producer of the show. She is the best, a perfect person for the role. So I was shocked to hear from Clarence's family, who produced a contract that I signed, stating that in the event of Clarence's death, the producer role would go to Clarence's younger brother. Apparently one day, Clarence handed me a stack of papers to sign. I thought I was just signing a bunch of invoices. But hidden within the stack was this contract. Clarence must have felt that he was not long for this world, given his heavy drug use. Just like Ronnie, who used to say he would never live to see 30, Clarence also used to talk about how he would die young. So in preparation, I guess, he tricked me into signing this contract so his little brother would land the coveted role of Skinner Reconsidered Producer. Just another parting gift from Clarence. So instead of hiring the great producer I want, I must introduce you to the new producer of the podcast, Clarence's little brother, Jarence. Yes, that is actually his name. I know a few of you might think that I'm making this up, but Clarence's little brother is named Jarence. And in the tradition of Leonard Skinner, the younger brother will be taking over for the deceased older brother. We'll just have to see how it goes. Speaking of Clarence, a quick update on the investigation into his mysterious death. The private investigator really is um, incredible. This guy is good. He is now determined that Clarence was in fact murdered. Pause for effect. Although there was just a ton of heroin in his system, 
The investigation has revealed the actual cause of death was blunt trauma to the head via a candlestick. And it was determined the murder occurred in the ballroom. So we know it's a candlestick in the ballroom. What we don't know yet is who did it. Which, if you ask me, that's really the most important part. But we'll keep you posted. I'm sure this P.I. will get to the bottom of it. The song for the day is the third song off Nothing Fancy. It's called Railroad Song, written by Ronnie and Ed King. Let's go back to Ed for some thoughts on this song. He's got a lot of great comments on this album. Ed says, quote, Railroad Song was written in my hotel room. We had to spend the entire month in Atlanta in this lousy hotel, and Ronnie didn't spend very much time in the room at all. He was all over town when we weren't working on the album. What I'm saying is that song wouldn't have gotten written unless he'd answered his hotel room phone. I had the music written and told Ronnie this sounds like a train song. He had all the lyrics together in his head by the next run through. Probably took a half hour. He never wrote them down. Remembered them all perfectly the next day. Isn't that incredible? Comes up with these lyrics. I'm not saying this is Shakespeare, but these lyrics have quite a bit going on. It's not the same thing repeated over and over again. Ronnie comes up with these lyrics in half an hour, doesn't write them down, and then remembers them all the next day. That's a different kind of brain Ronnie had. Back to Ed, who said, The slowdown ending wasn't planned out, but after hearing Artemis apply his part, seemed like a logical way to end it. That album was some of Artie's best work. That endless chugging along thing he plays is difficult. Yes, it is. And I'm glad Ed mentioned this because... One of the things that jumped out at me about this song is Artemis Pyle's great drum work. He does a lot of cool stuff on this song. Ed mentions that Jimmy Hall plays the harmonica on the album version and says, quote, I would have wanted Railroad Song to be an E, but for what Ronnie was writing, that key was too low. I am positive that when he and I wrote the song that I played it in E, then revised it the next day to make sure the highest note in his melody was at the highest part of his range. This song moves me and moves me bad, says Ed King. I swear Artemis Pyle did some monster playing on that track. How he remembered all those moves, I'll never know. That tune's got some very cool wrinkles. That's a pretty good introduction from Ed. You can tell he's excited about Artemis, their new drummer. Let's see what we think. By Leonard Skinner, this is Railroad Song. He said Tennessee. That's where I live. So woo. I was cold, tired, and dirty, hungry as I could be. But I had my guitar and a hundred railroad songs. Says he had a hundred railroad songs. There probably are at least a hundred great train songs out there. And you can see what Ed means. This sounds like a train moving down the road. I don't know how to explain it, but the drums kind of chugging along. Everything about this feels like a train. So I asked the policeman, can I stay along? He said, Mr. Hubbard, ooh, you got to go now. We don't want to around. See, I'm trying to build me a respectable town. But we don't 
I like that he calls him Mr. Hobo. As he tells him, we don't need hobos around. But he still shows respect. Mr. Hobo. Alright, but I screwed up. I was I talked over Artemis, one of his better moments on this song. Playing this busy pattern on the bell of the ride cymbal. Check this out. <laughs> I love that, and it's probably the biggest achievement of this song. Who else could sing Choo Choo Train and make it sound pretty badass? I'll tell you right now, Freebirds, if I were to sing Choo Choo Train, it wouldn't sound that cool. If I were to sing anything, it wouldn't sound that cool, but especially Choo Choo Train. I think this song is getting the job done. There's a nice just momentum to this song. It moves just like a train. some really cool guitar outbursts in this song. Ronnie sings, I'm going to ride this train, Lord, until I found out what Jimmy Rogers and the hag was all about. I thought he was saying old Hank or the Hank when I first heard this, like uh, Hank Williams Sr. But actually, he's referring to two other country music legends, Jimmy Rogers. He's one of the first country music superstars way back in the early 1900s. And then he says the hag. And that is a reference, of course, to Merle Haggard. Skinner would later do covers by both Jimmy Rogers and Merle Haggard, and we'll get to those later. And we talked a lot about how Ronnie loves the blues. Well, he also loves country music. He grew up on it, grew up listening to Jimmy Rogers and Merle Haggard and a bunch of other great country artists with his dad. And much like the blues, Ronnie understood country music. He knew how to incorporate it into the Leonard Skinner sound. A lot of you guys out there may not like country music, may not be familiar with Merle Haggard. I know a lot of people say they don't like country music, but they love Johnny Cash, which makes sense. Johnny Cash was very cool, did his own thing, was unique. But I'm willing to bet that if you like Johnny Cash, you probably would like Merle Haggard too. You should check him out. Merle Haggard was every bit as cool as Johnny Cash, and those two had a connection. I have to share this story in case you don't know it. 
Johnny Cash played a very famous concert at San Quentin, the very dangerous prison. And do you know who was in the audience as an inmate? That's right, it was young Merle Haggard. I think he was 21 at the time. He was on about his third stint to prison at that time. He'd been sent to several juvenile detention centers. He'd escaped from one or two of them. And now here he is, young Merle Haggard, 21 years old, and he's getting to watch the great Johnny Cash play for him while he's in prison. And it was part of what inspired Merle Haggard. Once he got out, he was in on a 15-year term, but got out after two years. And once he got out, he, of course, made a pretty darn fine country music career for himself. Looking back on this time, Merle Haggard said, I was really worried for cash because men are cruel in San Quentin. They don't applaud unless they like you, but they were crazy about him. He identified with us, and he was the kind of guy that might have been in there with us if things had gone wrong, the wrong way for him. And this is great. Johnny Cash didn't know that Merle Haggard was in prison at that time listening to that show until years later when they were on a TV show together. And Merle Haggard says to Johnny Cash, The first time I ever saw you perform, it was at San Quentin. And Johnny Cash replied, I don't remember you being in that show, Merle. Haggard said, I was in the audience, Johnny. So that's a long digression, but check out Merle Haggard. His, his classic, his legendary hit is Mama Tried, which talks about him being a young man in prison. My personal favorite is Sing Me Back Home. Song gets me every time. So hey, that's just an additional recommendation from your old pal, The Simple Man. Now back to Leonard Skinnerd. So this is the unplanned slowdown finish that Ed King told us about. All right, and that is Railroad Song by Leonard Skinner. I think that's a cool one. I'll rate it in a minute. But our sponsor today is Jam It Up, the new tribute album featuring the world's five most popular jam bands covering classic Skinnerd songs. Popularity based on album, ticket, and grilled cheese sandwich sales. Here, Phineas and the Far Out Five's 57-minute workout of Made in the Shade. Listen to Mr. Selective and the Electric Eclectic Collective's blistering take on the Ballad of Curtis Lowe. And you don't want to miss the Patience Testers 
hour and 15 minute super stinky funky version of that smell. Order now and jam it up today. Good job, Jarence. That Jarence brought us that sponsor, and that's a cool one. We're off to a pretty good start, Jarence. Hey, let's go over to songmeetings.com. Why not? We haven't done that in quite a while. There are only two comments on songmeetings.com for Railroad Song. The first one is, good lyrics, but it's kind of got a strange beat to it. The next comment is one of Leonard Skinner's feel-good songs. It's nice. And this is why we don't go to songmeetings.com anymore. Waste of time. It's time to rate the song. On a scale of 1 to 5 Skinner's, I will give Railroad Song 4.2 Skinner's. It is kind of a feel-good song. Got that great train feel. Follows in the long tradition of Wonderful train songs. Ronnie's giving you his version of country music, which personally I enjoy. So thank you, Ronnie. Freebirds, check us out on Twitter and Instagram. And guess what? We are now on Facebook. So check out Skinner Reconsidered on Facebook. And more importantly, if you haven't already, and thank you to those who have, please go over to Apple Podcasts, whatever they call iTunes these days, and give us a five-star review. Maybe leave a comment. It would be much appreciated. All right, that's all I got for today. Join us next time. We will talk about a Leonard Skinner song called I'm a Country Boy. And until then, I must be traveling on. Yeah.